Welcome back to another episode of the John Barker Fitness Podcast. Today's guest is a competitor who started young and began training and has experienced a lot of growth in the past few years. This episode, we're also giving something away, so listen through to find out how you can win. And let's welcome today's guest, Sedona Tregoning. Good afternoon, Sedona. I'm glad to have you here on the show. How has your day been so far? Hi, I had a good day. It was a little rainy here, but I made it through. That's good. Now, now, where are you at again? So I'm from Connecticut. I've always been in Connecticut, actually, pretty much my whole life. Now, you've been there your whole life. What's the time there, right? It's your about three hours time difference from here? Yeah, it's seven o'clock here. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out this evening to come on to the show. I, I just want to go ahead and start, actually, with a introduction about yourself. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself, share with the audience a little bit about what you do, uh, whether it's non-fitness, fitness-related, and we'll just kind of go from there. Okay, so um, I pretty much started out as a runner, and I just saw how my body changed and everything, and I saw Instagram was just getting popular, and I saw the fitness models, and I kind of wanted to look like that. That was like my goal body at the time. So I just kind of starved myself, but then I also found a coach, and I decided actually I really wanted to do a competition, and she kind of helped me with nutrition, and I dieted for that, and I competed at a regional show, um, actually the powerhouse show. And then after that, I went on to nationals, and I definitely was not ready for that. I was 17 at that time. The first show I was 16. That one I was 17. I hired a different coach that time, but it was just, I did not have the best luck with coaches, so <laughs> that didn't really work out. The prep was kind of miserable, like my show day, she cut my water, and like my legs were cramping and everything. And so from then on, like I didn't even finish the second day of the show. I decided I didn't want to compete, but I still loved the sport. So I decided to be a coach. When I was 17, I was a trainer at a gym. And then I worked for my NASM certification, my high school, senior year of high school. And then ever since then, I've just done the online stuff. And I've just been building my social media to kind of build a client base and build a name for myself because eventually I want to own a gym. It's kind of like the main goal. That's really cool. So when you want to own a gym, that's you're looking more like an in-person training, less of a franchise gym, but more of like your own facility where maybe, you know, you coach, others perhaps coach. What kind of thoughts do you have on, you know, on that future gym? Definitely want to do something that's like a personal training studio because I know there's not a whole lot of money in just a regular gym. My passion is definitely in-person training, so I would still take on, you know, international clients um, because I find that super cool to be able to connect with people around the world, but I definitely love to do hands-on stuff. I I don't think I've ever really thought about having a a gym in person. I think it'd be fun to do that. Uh, That'd be really interesting to see how that ends up panning out. So with your competitions, though, you said the second one, you had an experience where you really ended up not wanting to continue competing. Like it wasn't so much for you and you wanted to focus more on training. Can you go a little bit more into those feelings you had during that second competition? Kind of the feelings you had and why you made the decision that maybe competing wasn't quite for you. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I started lifting, you know, after I got past that, that competition lean phase, I started lifting because I loved the girls with like the bigger butts and like the, the hips and the shape and everything. So after I did that first competition, that's kind of was my main goal. 
Um, and so I wasn't really in the mindset to diet in the first place and get super lean again because I liked getting stronger and having the curves. And when I was doing the cardio and everything, I just could not lift. Like I was basically dead every day. So I definitely didn't like that part of it. Also, I don't want people to judge my body, especially when there's not a specific rubric. And it's so like, it's all about, I don't know, everyone has their own opinion and it's so subjective. And so I didn't want someone to tell me, oh, you're in first place because like, I just like the way this person looks this day or whatever. So yeah, so that's why I kind of just let that go a little bit. And I love being able to transform people's lives. I'm definitely a helper. Being able to help other people on their journey is what I like more than actually doing it myself and putting myself through hell. <laughs> yeah, definitely want to do something you enjoy rather than torture. So I didn't know, I guess I've never really asked the question before, but when you say that you know you don't want people to judge you when there's no real specific rubric, I hadn't really thought about that. So for, for judging in a competition, I mean, are they looking for certain aspects or certain criteria, but it's more open-ended? How does that work with the judging? I don't even know. I mean, for example, when I was at Nationals, one girl who won her class was, I mean, it wasn't just me. A lot of people believe that she didn't deserve to win her class. Come to find out, like, she went to the gym that was sponsoring the show type of thing. So there's that kind of stuff. There's also... Some judges just really like the lean, hard looks, and some like the softer looks. So there's no, like I was saying, like there's no specific rubric. It's always changing depending on the judge. Okay, that makes sense. So it's it's kind of here's some guidelines, but then it is ultimately up to, you know, the individual judge. Perhaps even a little bit of a, a popularity contest if there's a you know certain gym sponsoring the event. Unfortunately, right, that wouldn't ideally be the case. But is that kind of what? What happens? Yeah, I mean, there's like, like nothing's ever fair. It's like any sport, you know, like it's also, it also was hard for me. I should say that, that I was the youngest, which is why for right now, I wouldn't even think of competing until I'm like six years older because you don't have that muscle maturity. So it's harder for a younger person as well. Right. That's true. It seems like there's a lot of different kind of age ranges. And if I feel like the younger generations are starting to, or I guess as we go on in generations, the younger people are starting to get more into it sooner. So having done those competitions and not wanting to really focus on competing anymore, do you feel like you'll never really go back into competitions or would you perhaps go into a different division that might be a different look that you prefer? So I would actually go into the newer division that they just brought over, the wellness division, which is girls who are Probably like figure size legs, like thick legs, but a smaller waist and a little bit of a smaller upper body. So like a bikini type of build for an upper body. And that would be obviously like a little bit less lean than bikini. So that's the type of look that I like that I've always loved. It still is a little bit lean for me, but I'm so competitive that it's something that definitely interests me. Yeah. That's awesome. So that'll be interesting to see because I've only heard a little bit about that division and I don't know, I think it'll be interesting to see how that kind of grows over time and the interest that's, because I'm not, I'm sure that you're not the only one that feels that way, because even when I look at, you know, competitors, it's it's sometimes just not as aesthetically pleasing, for lack of a better way to put it, when everything is just so fat-free. Like, it just, there's a certain point where it just becomes a little bit less enjoyable, and it's more about just the fact that it's hard to get there. So, I don't know, I think it'll be interesting to get to that point. Yeah, it'll definitely be more enjoyable than trying to dive for 
figure a bikini or anything like that. Yeah. It'll definitely be more enjoyable. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about your competition uh, history and a little bit about yourself. I'd like to kind of transition over to fitness playing an important role in our lives. So when it comes to fitness in your life, what experiences have you had or want to share that you've been able to use fitness kind of as a tool or, or how has it benefited you in your life? So when I was in my junior year, I was homeschooled and didn't really have a lot of friends or anything like that. So I was just really home most of the day. My parents were at work and everything. My parents are basically my only friends. And we had like a little gym set up in our basement. So my parents would always work out down there. And I decided one day I'm not going to just run. I'm going to try and pick up the dumbbells. And I kind of just fell in love with it. I started watching people on YouTube. And that really gave me something to like look forward to and work towards rather than like going out and having that the friends and everything. I was able to isolate myself but not so much to where I'm not doing anything with my life. Like I'm isolated, but I'm working towards this goal. So that was really cool. I don't know how I would have made it through being alone without that. So it really helped you kind of have an outlet for those feelings that you went through, whether that was you know, being alone. Now, did you really socialize at the gym much or was it more just kind of a, this is a healthy activity that's focusing you on something else other than what you're going through? Oh no. Yeah. I, I'm never a socializer, no. I'm definitely a hermit, introvert. Yeah, I just definitely don't socialize. But there is something about being around people without, like, having to say anything. Just having people around you is makes you feel okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I didn't really think about that because, I mean, I, people don't really go to the gym to be social butterflies and introduce themselves to people. So I guess, yeah, I mean, even when I went today, right, I didn't say a single word to anybody except for maybe the front desk staff right but I just went in I did my warm-up we did weightlifting some cardio at the end and yeah I guess that's true so like I don't really socialize but being there around people yeah I mean it kind of it adds that variety to the day that normally could have been just monotonous or, or boring oh exactly like today I just I hurt my neck at the gym but at least I was around people for an hour, and now I'm just sitting at home, able to relax. So what, uh, just on a little side note, when you're not doing fitness-related stuff, right, because it's not like you're in the gym for 10 hours a day, uh, what kind of stuff do you do just, you know, as in leisure time? I mean, I do, I used to be super into art before, I wanted to be a tattoo artist before I really got into lifting, or actually it was tattoo artist, and I wanted to be a pro boxer. And then I want to be a personal trainer. But yeah, I was always into art. And so I kind of just, I do it so every so often when I'm bored and it's kind of like therapeutic. But yeah, that and just self-care, like stretching and everything like that. It's fun to get to know people in, in, in not just fitness related aspects, right? Like when you become a trainer, uh, I shouldn't say become, right? When you start expanding even further into your online training, which you already do, and then, you know, in-person training. I think that's kind of a, a key point to be able to have clients relate to their trainers on some sort of a level to where they gain that trust. Because it's, it's hard for me to take somebody's advice and say, okay, I'm going to go do that unless I know that they're either extremely qualified or I can relate to them and trust them. So I, I think that's fun to be able to get to know that. And art definitely isn't one of my strong suits. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I'm not the best, but uh, it is very fun. So, so is that, just, I know this is totally a rant, but is that more of like, 
you do like paints or watercolors or I mean I, I know nothing right but what kind of I just do the cheapest easiest to clean paint which is acrylic pretty much do that and maybe draw a little bit but yeah I just I don't like cleanup that's the worst part about art is the cleanup <laughs> I'm right there with you and honestly I think tying this back into fitness meal prep is like that double-edged sword where it's like great to have everything done but at the same time cleanup is horrid but then you only have to do it once a week so I, oh, I think oh, I kind of okay. <laughs> that's fun a nice little side rant there let's talk a little bit more then about training because um, you are you know you have competed and you are a trainer I guess this is going to kind of go on a couple of different directions, but what would you say as a trainer is really the thing that kind of most sets you apart from others? I would definitely say my age and I think my experience in it because I've kind of went from competing to more of like power building, kind of wanting to do a powerlifting meet and then now more just a certain body type that I'm trying to achieve. And it's kind of like, right, how do I, I want to look this way. How do I like make those steps to look this certain way that I want to look? So it's a lot of trial and error. I also have been training people, even though I'm 19, I've been training people for three years now. And I've also been able to work with pretty amazing people like Gordon, who's at Powerhouse, Gordon Falsetti, um, who's amazing. So definitely those things. I'm always learning, always open-minded and everything. So now, now Gordon Falsetti, he's, if I remember right, is is he someone who worked with uh, John Meadows? Is yeah. that also okay? Yeah. Yeah, because we we had made that connection earlier, and I thought that was really cool because I've actually watched a lot of um a lot of his YouTube content. Good stuff too. I mean, those, those are the kind of people that you kind of look up to. Uh, but then add your own twist, right? I mean, you're 19, started training three years ago, and I mean that's just phenomenal. I mean, I. I'm sitting here at 28. I've trained a couple people, you know, in leisure kind of training. It hasn't really been something I've pursued officially. And by the time you're, you know, where I'm at in age, I mean, you'll have over a decade of that experience. So that's really powerful. Do you, by chance, remember like the first client or the first couple of clients you had when you started? Oh my gosh, one just popped up. Yes, Candace. I don't know. <laughs> she still follows me, so I don't know if she'll hear this. But Candace was my first bikini client. I think it was 16 or 17. And she was an online client. I wasn't in LLC yet or anything like that. But I think she found me through Instagram. She was like, oh, my God, can you help me? Blah, blah, blah. I'm your age. She was like 16 at the time, too. But, yeah, I, uh, I coached her. And she actually came in first. And I think she took the overall or something. But I know she won her classes. So that was pretty cool. So that was like my first competition client. And I learned so much more since then, which is crazy. But yeah, she was. And then, of course, my neighbors <laughs> and my mother and all of them. They're definitely my first family members and friends. Yeah, they're, they're usually a good place to start. And I'm actually kind of yeah. I'm kind of pleased that you were able to answer that with one of your first clients that it just popped into your head. But it's also kind of interesting, too, with how, I mean, you, you mentioned like your family members or you know your mom it, because you have these people who are competing right but then you have the end of the end of the spectrum where I'm assuming right you can correct me if I'm wrong but I don't think your mom's goal was to compete right but she oh, still no. wanted training well that's the whole thing I've had to also work with there was these two ladies at wow that I trained in person that were like 60 years old like 300 pounds and they couldn't really sit up on the on their own 
like I've had clients like that. I've had marathon runners. I've had like my mom who has arthritis. So I've been able to work with a lot of people. Of course, I love bodybuilding the most, but I have a really good understanding of what different people need for different goals. And that's really powerful because a lot of times people will specialize, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But being able to adapt, I think, is really powerful. So the fact that you can do that is something that really speaks to where you're going. Now, do you have, you know, a favorite type of client? I mean, I don't know if that's a good question to ask, but like somebody who wants to compete or maybe like a certain age group, like what would be your ideal client? My ideal, okay. Actually, one of my clients right now, for example, uh, my client Ricky or, oh, Taylor too. So a lot of my clients are females that come to me and they want the same thing I want, where it's a small waist, uh, like that hourglass figure with like the big butt and everything. So those are my favorite because I know exactly how to train them, especially when I train them in person. I'm like the queen of leg days and like training glutes. So putting people through like leg workouts, like absolute favorite, but mostly just like people who want to work on like hypertrophy, any type of hypertrophy and like being able to push someone and do like force reps and stuff. I love that. Like when you can actually pinpoint who you're like most excited to work about or work with, that's fun because I can see you get excited about it. And it's a lot of what it sounds like a lot of things that people would have in common with you because that's what you have the most experience with, yet you're still able to go out and uh, branch off into other types. So I actually wanted to ask, this came to mind, is something that maybe can help others in the audience too because for me personally right now, I guess what I'm struggling with is I, I used to work out – early in the morning for about three months or so I'd wake up at like four o'clock and work out and it was great and I loved it but I'm struggling to get back into the habit of it so if you were to have a client that say is just struggling with having something becoming a habit whether it's you know meal prepping or uh, just maybe weighing themselves if they just don't ever do that but if, if there's something you could recommend to somebody who's like struggling with a certain part of their fitness what would you really recommend to have them I don't know help them overcome that struggle so there's two things. If first I would say, is there something that is actually holding you back? Like, is it because it takes time out of your day so you can't like prep your food or is it because you can't wear makeup or whatever? Because all of those things can be fixed. So I would say fix that. Stop making excuses and fix it. Find a way to fix it. Or if it's just a lack of motivation, I can't stress enough and I try and tell people People who know me know how organized I am. And I think it goes to show like when you set alarms and you set things on your calendar and you when you think of something in your head that you have to do and you just do it right away, you don't think twice, you build habits. And I think just building the habit of like, okay, I know as soon as my alarm goes off, I'm going to wake up. And when you when your alarm goes off, I don't care how tired you are. You got to build the habit of, okay, it's, it's on, I'm, I'm up. Like there's no you know, second thought type of thing. I like how you brought that back to the alarm thing because, I mean, that's a real struggle. I set my alarm this morning and I remember turning it off and then I remember being miserable for like the next hour while it continued to go off and I'm like, shut up. And yeah, but I, I yeah, I'm right there with you on that. So again, like you said, set alarms, you know, if it's lacking motivation, just find, find what's holding you back right? Find something that can get you excited. Uh, if there's things in the way, try to, you know, try to clear those up first. Yeah, uh, exactly. 
you you mentioned calendar too, which by the way, I'm just going to point this out that I've got in the next like three weeks, I want to say about seven or eight appointments for these podcast shows. And like just today, I think I'm starting to lose my mind a little bit because <laughs> it's, it's all just piling up. But that calendar makes it powerful because then you know that it's there. The time is blocked off. There's nothing that was going to get in the way of, you know, outside of, a, you know, a tragic something or other that happens. Right. But there was nothing that I was going to let happen to prevent this. Right. So I think that's powerful. And that's going to help me. Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I'll scream at you. We'll set that as your alarm. Yeah, I know. Right. I'll just I'll record this on here. And every time I wake up, it's just <laughs> your yeah. your voice. Yeah. So that's yeah. Good. Good point to make. So with training then, right, because you do online and you also do a little bit in person and wanting to do more in person, what would be kind of a, a strategy in terms of exercising and actual workouts that you would suggest to somebody who's just getting started, whether their goal is to compete or something like that, it's just kind of an open, what would be your strategy for having someone training like a weekly split or kind of exercises to start with? So. I would say stay off of Instagram and don't follow any girls that have a million followers because of their fit workout plans, not trying to throw shade, but because people, when they first start, they start because they see these girls on Instagram or these people on Instagram usually. And then they, they think they have to do change the workouts every time and do these like plyo workouts, these fit workouts. When you go to the gym, you should create a workout plan for one week, make a split for yourself write out the workouts or hire a coach to literally actually um speaking of me you can have me do that but anyways have someone write out your workouts for the week and then follow those for like a month and then do it again and then follow those for a month and make it so easy for yourself that you can't fail and also don't feel like you have to go six days a week go like four days a week do two upper body days two lower body days throw in maybe a tiny bit of cardio like don't try and make it so hard for yourself. That's definitely the one thing I would say. And with my clients, when I first work with them, it's always form. You can't do anything unless you have your form absolutely perfect. And that's why a lot of people used to get pissed at me because they'd be like, all right, this is our second session and we're still working on squats. But it's like, okay, but I'm not going to have you hurt yourselves just so we can try and rush things, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. And along with that form, right, without hurting yourself – it's it's almost like you're going to be able to gain, and again, I can't say almost because there's science behind it, but having that form is more effective when you're trying to grow because if you just throw on heavy weights, not only are you recruiting the wrong muscle groups and not the ones that you're wanting to, um, unless you're you know doing Olympic lifts or things like that where you, know, you kind of want to overload a little differently, that perfect form is going to help you avoid injury and also increase growth. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the most important to learn first. Well, I like that you that you bring that up. And now I also wanted to ask, too, because you said make it so easy for yourself that you can't fail. And I, I think I've kind of subconsciously done that myself this past while, because for me, it was a struggle. Right. I, I, I want to get up in the morning and I haven't been. And that's just something that I'm working on. But in the meantime, it, it limits my ability to go. And so. I'm actually doing a very simple thing right now, and it's just each day I go to the gym, I pick one muscle, one exercise, and I just do volume training. So I'll do 10 sets of 10 reps of that one exercise, and I don't have to think about anything. I just do it. The next time I go, I increase the weight, and it just keeps it simple, When especially when I only have you know, 25, 30 minutes to work out. I like that you 
kind of brought up that simplicity, right? If you make it so complex, it's kind of almost daunting and you don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it goes to show too, like I posted a before and after and I looked so different within three months. And at the beginning of those three months, I was training six days a week and I was doing like eight exercises, like each one and just stressing about like macros and everything all this stuff, making extra extravagant meals. And then now I've just been keeping my workouts pretty much exactly the same, just increasing intensity every time, maybe changing up the way, like adding a band or something, but just going hard AF, only going five days a week, sometimes four. And um, just like eating simple, simple things like rice and just meat. And my body looks completely different. And it's so much easier. Like I was making my life so hard and people try and like do all this research and come up with like the newest diet, like diet fad and everything. But in reality, just eat whole foods, train hard, make sure that your form is good and your intensity is up there and you're fine. Yeah. And that's, that couldn't be more true. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think, and you're probably happier too, regardless oh, yeah. of the progress you've made with, you know, your physical appearance, you're probably just a lot happier. For sure. I mean, I, before it was like, I dreaded my rest day because I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I I need it. Because I'm the type of person, I can't just sit there and watch Netflix. I feel like I'm not productive and I get anxious and need to do something. So, like, I would get so anxious to not be able to go to the gym. But now, now that I have two or three rest days, I'm forced to find something to do with myself and be productive and, like, clean my house or something that I normally wouldn't do at the gym. So it's really forced me to be okay with not being obsessed with the gym. And that is amazing. I've never had that. Yeah. And when you, you're able to be more productive, it it's kind of works both ways, right? When you're happy and you have success in the gym and out, you know, you're able to be more productive outside of the gym, but then doing that also makes you able to, they kind of bounce back off of each other, right? You can do more. Now you and you and I are completely opposite actually in that sense that I can actually go through and just binge watch the crap out of Netflix. <laughs> But I limit myself, right? I, I could do that. I, I don't do it often, right? But I like to be more productive, whether it's cleaning up the house or, or whatever. So what about nutrition, right? So that's that's kind of your take on training. With nutrition, do you what kind of approach do you take, whether it's with macros or meal prepping or intuitive eating? What's what's your take on that? So I eat five meals a day. Four out of the five are completely from whole foods, like rice, pasta you know, ground turkey, beef, bison, all of that. And then my last meal, I'll have like oatmeal and then I'll have like my peanut butter that's not all natural, like whoop-de-doo. Um, I'll have an Oreo maybe if I'm feeling crazy. So I pretty much do that. I mean, it is macros, but I make a meal plan for myself out of my macros. And I never really, like sometimes I'll adjust some things, like I'll do sweet potato instead of rice, but I'm so used to counting that I never really even track it anymore. So you kind of know how your body feels and you you kind of get a sense for what you need rather than just tracking. Oh, exactly. I can maintain my weight without tracking. Like I am at the point where I know, for example, like if I go for a walk or something, I'll eat like 200 extra calories because I feel it. I feel the like I'm lacking that extra, you know, something. So I really just eat to how I feel. And right now I'm not even trying to bulk or cut. I'm just trying to eat when I'm hungry. And yeah, I kind of found that balance. 
So what about people who are just getting started, right? Like if I'm, I have no idea what meal prepping is or anything about macros. Uh, if you give me a set of macros and calories, what if I just don't want to track? Like, do you recommend anything for people who just aren't really wanting to take that on? Or are you kind of just adamant about, Hey, you need to track because this is how you're going to start understanding yourself. Well, what you could do, for example, you don't necessarily have to track, but it is so important to be aware of what's in foods. If you don't want to track, I would tell someone, buy like rice, turkey, and coconut oil. And then I would say, okay, make sure that you're having like each meal, I would split the macros up into five meals. Make sure each meal you're having like, say five grams of fat, like make sure it's like 15 to 20 grams of protein and let's say it's like 30 grams of carbs so then just look at the food label and kind of like adjust your servings to that so at least you're aware but you're not obsessing over what you're eating it's just okay let me pair these foods together to make sure it's a whole meal that makes sense and I think that kind of echoes to what you were saying earlier about keeping it simple right where if it gets too complex you're just gonna throw it out the window and say you know screw it but if you keep it simple with just you know turkey rice coconut oil um, or even, you know, pick some different, you know, food groups. But keeping it simple, I think, like you were saying, is definitely something that helps. And that's, I think that's kind of what most people really should do, especially if they're not wanting to count. Just find something simple that's the right, you know, whatever the coach tells you and just stick to it. Yeah, I mean, and with all my clients, with the meal plans, I send them a whole food list. So it's kind of like when I say rice, they know how to swap it out for potatoes or they know how to swap it out for pasta but i give them a list of foods that they can use to swap that makes sense so it's like hey here's this meal that you scheduled me to have and i'm not really feeling it so i'm gonna switch out you know some chicken for a different type of protein or some other alternatives so that's really smart do you do you have like a list of that that you provide to people or is that just something kind of a one-on-one coaching thing that you customize for the person The closest thing I have to that is the food Bible that I have on my website, and it kind of just gives a list of, like, low-carb foods, proteins, carbs, fats, bulking foods, that type of thing. It doesn't, obviously, it won't be like, oh, you're this size, so eat this serving of that, but it gives you an idea of different types of foods. Yeah, I think I do remember seeing that on your website. So a thought actually just came to my mind, and I don't really know how well this is going to work because it's the first time that... I'm really thinking of it for a podcast, but I'm kind of wanting to do a little giveaway involved here and, you know, I'll just, I'll buy that off your site and maybe we can just give this away to one of the the listeners. Yeah, that'd be cool. Let's do it. I'm down so I don't, I don't know exactly what to, to do. I mean, we could have somebody, I don't know, maybe they can leave a review and maybe for somebody who reviews it this month, we can, you know, send that out to them yeah. or something like that. Yeah, let's do a review. Let's do that. Cool. So let's let's go ahead and do that then. So for all of you wonderful listeners out there, I'll remind you at the end of this episode, but go ahead and leave a review. And for, let's say, how about just by the end of August, right? We'll just go ahead and have anybody who posts a review, we'll pick one of the winners and uh, we'll send that food Bible out. Yeah, sounds good. I can't believe how awesome this time has just gone by so quickly. I guess I would want to ask you to kind of share with the listeners what would be like your main message 
for the audience, right? Whether it's specifically related to fitness or just life in general, what would be kind of something that you want to impress on everybody's minds? Like what would be the one thing you'd want okay, to share? So you asked me this before and I really thought about it this time. So I was prepared. And that is be so like independent with yourself and so okay with being by yourself that you never have to depend on anyone else. So just like you never have to have toxic people in your life because you know that you're fine without them. And that's definitely a huge thing that I've had to learn. And that goes with fitness. Like people, it's people don't support your fitness goals. It's just like, okay, but you, you don't feel like you need to have them in your life. So that's okay. And you can do what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting someone. I don't know if I could really even say it any other way. <laughs> Being Just be independent, right? So you don't have to depend on others. Because I, I think you're right about that that toxic people just aren't any good at all, right? I mean, there's certain people who perhaps if they're family members or, you know, close friends that they have moments, right, where they could be having a negative influence on your life. But, you know, there's people out there, right, whether it's Instagram comments or just other people, wherever it might be, that they just aren't a good influence. So that's a really good thing I think that everyone could apply is just don't let that negativity get in, right? Don't listen to it because you are who you are and people don't know you more than they see. Yeah, I mean, people, especially people my age, like 19, 20, they're just too afraid to cut people off. And I know firsthand how controlling people can be because people are psychopaths. (laughs) But yeah, it's definitely a smart thing to, to know. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciated this. Um, that's a really great message to share. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are uh, going to learn from this episode really because of the uniqueness that you bring, um, both as a you know a competitor, a trainer, just as someone in the fitness community. Uh, I really like how you were able to share that you didn't really want to stay in competing, right? That you tried it, you found it wasn't for you, and you didn't stay in it for the pressure of anybody else and you're just you know taking your own path so i just want to say thank you for being here and for sharing that and i would just invite everybody uh to reach out to you um right you have a website and instagram right you want to go ahead and share how people can reach out to you if they want to get in touch yeah so it's just my instagram is my name um and then it's uh, underscore t so it's s-y-d-o-n-a underscore t and then my website link is in the bio. Okay, perfect. And is there, I know you recommended the Food Bible. Um, any other programs or anything on your site that you kind of recommend people go check out first if they're just seeing your stuff for the first time? If anyone's looking to just start or if they want to switch things up, definitely the one-time program setup is always good. But yeah, that and then like you said, the Food Bible definitely Okay, sweet. So I'll I'll actually go ahead and get those from you and put them in the show notes so people can see those um, along with your Instagram and your website. I think it'd be a good thing to hear, you know, what happens over the next few months and when you end up doing that wellness division. So we should definitely uh, touch base. And if we do another episode, then, you know, people can listen. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Or even if there's something I can share about coaching, just do some informational stuff. I don't know if anyone's interested, but yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, we'll definitely schedule it. Uh, Again, thanks for being on this show. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode wherever you might be listening to it at. Go ahead and subscribe if you're not already. Also, if you want to enter to win that food Bible from her website, go ahead and leave a review. 
the more honest it is, the better because it helps me deliver quality content to your headphones. Again, don't forget to subscribe and thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.